Are you looking to launch your own podcast? Or how about get massive exposure by getting featured on top-rated podcast shows? Head over to geffenmediagroup.com. Hey fellow brain pickers, this is episode 124 of Can I Pick Your Brain? This was my most insane interview to date. I picked the brains of billionaire Naveen Jain, who is either a complete genius or completely insane. We talked about his plan on creating a community on the moon, how he can cure every disease known to man, his plan on extending life to over 500 years, how anyone can become a billionaire by not focusing on the money, and much, much more. Enjoy the show. This is going to be a good one. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 124 of Can I Pick Your Brain? Today, I have the honor of picking the genius brain of billionaire Naveen Jain. He's the founder of Viome, Moon Express, World Innovation Institute, iNome, TalentWise, Intellius, and Infospace. Some of his awards include the Ernst and Young Entrepreneur of the Year, Silicon India's Most Admired Serial Entrepreneur, Albert Einstein's Technology Medal, and Red Herring's Lifetime Achievement Award. He's also currently on a mission to create human colonies on the moon. Now, as always, here's a short rap I've prepared to help introduce my guest. Here goes. He was born into poverty, life was unfair, but that didn't stop him from becoming a billionaire. It's all in the mind, so don't be blind. You gotta deal with the cards you've been assigned. Leave your excuses behind. He's on a mission to help mankind. Every problem has a solution. Cancer, poverty, or water pollution. World Innovation Institution, his work is creating a revolution. You would think his ego reaches the sky. No, not this guy. Knowing what it means to live or die, he eats for breakfast humble pie. Reading his story made me cry. There's a twinkle in his eye. His mission is kinda insane. I can't wait to pick his brain. And he's the one and only Naveen. Jane, Naveen, welcome to the show and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Oh, brother, that is so cool. I think you have a future here somewhere. <laughs> Thank you for hosting me. That was awesome. Awesome. Future in what, though? In just what? voiceovers? Uh, f- future I can't in become, rapping, dude. You I can't a become rapper. a billionaire. <laughs> I don't. I want to be a billionaire, Naveen, like you. I can't be a billionaire just doing these these intros. So here's the thing, interesting thing. We're going to talk about that. How do you actually create wealth and what does wealth really mean? And, you know, let's just have a conversation about how do you even measure your success and what success is and how do you go out and actually achieve whatever the goals you have in life and how do you actually wake up in the morning uh, and just be so excited that you jump out of the bed and saying, God, I'm living in the most amazing time in the human history, and I can't, I can't sleep, and that's my calling. Oh my goodness! I would love that. That's that's a great interview. I'd love to do that. That would be amazing. But before we do, can we get some context here? Because obviously, you know, people listening to this, they see you as, you know, a billionaire. Um, you've you've got all of these awards, all of these achievements. You, you know, you're very smart. Clearly. Um, can you paint the picture of who you were when you were growing up? What were you like? Because I, I know that you grew up in a life of poverty. So can you take us a little bit briefly, um, your background, what's your backstory? Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. But I want to just clarify that, you know, every one of us is a billionaire because our success is never going to be measured by the amount of money we have in the bank. Our success will always be measured by the number of lives we have been able to improve. And in that way, every one of us can actually be a billionaire by helping a billion people around the world. And that is really the truly the definition of success. Your success and your self-worth doesn't come from what you own your self-worth comes from what you create and the only way you know you have actually been successful in life mm-hmm. is a humility the day you become humble is the day you become successful if you still have an iota of arrogance left in you that means you're still trying to prove something to someone else or yourself so if you have to go on tv and say you have big hands you're really not very successful yeah but <gasps> Naveen, can I, I love that you got such, <laughs> and by the way can i just say for those listening Naveen is not just saying that because I, I literally, I had a few interactions with you on Facebook. I literally couldn't believe it. I, like, I was telling my wife, I'm like, 
oh my goodness, this billionaire guy is like reaching out to me on Facebook. I'm like chatting with him as if he's good friends. You're like, hey, brother, how are you doing? And I'm just like, I'm completely shocked. Now, I know some people might think, but Daniel, who cares? So what if he's got a billions of dollars? Like, it doesn't mean anything, but it does. And I think that a lot well, actually, of people... No, it doesn't. I think they are right and you are wrong on that one, David. The money okay. really doesn't define who people are. You are defined by the things you do. So if you are only defined by what you have accumulated, then, you know, let it, at the end of the day, when you die, what would somebody be writing on your tombstone? And it's not going to be how much money you had. The number of people who are going to be crying before you die is going to be the people whose life you have touched. Yeah, but you can and affect really more lives right you can affect more lives when you've got more money right more look at all the things that you've accomplished so far naveen look at all the the, the cures that and we're going to get into all the different things that you're involved in and the mission that you're on you could not be able to do that if you didn't have wealth correct not not at all i mean that is the beauty of the times we are living in it used to be in uh, you know the earlier days if you wanted to impact the lives of you know hundred thousand people or even the thousand people in your um, uh, in your environment or the pe place you lived in you needed to be the king or a queen you needed to be the aristocrat you needed to be the uh, uh, president or you needed to be the superpowers the amazing thing is in these exponential times it takes a one person who can change the way people live their lives. It takes a small group of people to do things that were only possible to be done by superpower. And let me give you several examples, right? You look at the things, how many decades we have been talking about environment, the climate change, and we have the, you know, the Kyoto Treaty, we get the Paris Treaty, and we get this treaty, and we get that treaty, and nobody does anything until a man named Elon comes along and he said, you know what, I'm sick and tired. I'm going to go build a clean energy car. I'm going to build an electric car. And mm -hmm. no one ever told him in the 50 years, no car company has ever been created, let alone an electric car company. And the chances of you getting there is going to be zero. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, let's assume you can build an electric car. Where are you going to get the batteries? He said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to build a gigafactory of just the batteries. What are you going to do with all the gigafactory batteries? You know what? I'm going to build a solar farm that can use the batteries. Well, so you're talking and about Elon single... Musk. You're talking about Elon Musk. Yeah. Well, okay, the guy's, yeah. the guy's also a, a, million, a billionaire, right? So. No, 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 far away from it. When he was doing uh, a Tesla, he was literally bankrupt, in debt, sleeping on the friend's sofa. A day before they were going to shut down Tesla is the when they got a loan from the government. So wow. point is, it takes a one person with a dream and passion and willingness to sacrifice everything. And the beauty of the thing is today, you and I not only can dream about audacious things, you and I can go out and make them happen. And here's the second part. You don't have to know a thing about the industry you are about to be disrupting. It doesn't take, it, actually, you don't have to be an expert in the industry. I argue that being a non-expert and not knowing anything about the industry is what makes you the most successful person in disrupting that industry. Mm -hmm. Because when you are an expert, <clears throat> you can only make an incremental improvement to what people are doing. But if you want to make is something completely different, instead of improving it by 10% by 10 times, you have to re-challenge the foundation of everything that people have taken it for granted. Hmm. making them an expert what are some of your biggest ideas right now what are you working on right now so right now i'm working on two projects mm -hmm. one is uh, uh, space exploration and the idea is that we have to find a way to uh, save the humanity from potential extinction we all of us are living on this single spacecraft and we lovingly call it a planet earth and, and there is a single point of failure. If something were to happen to our spacecraft, whether we get hit by a large asteroid or we get, uh, or we humans are pretty capable of destroying things ourselves, <laughs> what would happen to us as humans, as a species? The planet will survive. The species may not. And we may become the next dinosaurs. And if you can think of anyone 
I mean, if you can anytime look at the dinosaurs and ask them what they are thinking rolling in their graves, what would they be saying? Every dinosaur would be saying, if they had one good entrepreneurial dinosaur, they'll still be roaming on the moon and the <laughs> Mars and the beyond. They didn't have an entrepreneurial dinosaur, but we can have an entrepreneurial human being. So let's not destroy human species as such. Right? But, so, so let me that's get one project. That's let me what, get this straight. Uh, what, so you want to create a, a living um, on the moon? Like you want to create a community on the moon? That's what you're saying? Yeah. So ultimately, the moon is a stepping stone for us to be live outside the planet Earth. You know, if you think about what is it that we humans fight over, we fight over land, we fight over energy, and we fight over fresh water. And all we have to do is look up in the sky and there is abundance of land, there is abundance of fresh water, there is abundance of energy. In fact, even in our own solar system, we are just a tiny pale blue dot. In our galaxy, our solar system is invisible. And in the universe, our galaxy is invisible, right? And you could argue in this multiverse, our universe may be invisible, right? So in this idea of a multiverse, there is no scarcity. You should be able to go anywhere you want. And I absolutely believe that Mars may be a better place in terms of a safe backup to go to the Mars. But moon is a great first stepping stone because living on the moon has exactly the same set of problems that living on the Mars has. And I would rather be a lunatic three days away than to be a Martian six months away and solve those problems. <laughs> okay, but Naveen, let's be honest here. There are people listening to this that are thinking this guy's completely loony. I mean, how the hell did he make billions of dollars if, if, if he's like one of these crazy wackos? Like, Seriously, yes, so the, escaping to yeah. the moon? That sounds like a nut. And, and, and I'll tell you, and I'll go even deeper, and I'm going to speak a little bit of devil's advocate, but also I, I think part of me also wants to ask you this. Naveen, all that money that you're going to throw into space exploration, what about all the problems that we have here on Earth? We've got so many things to take care of here before we start going off elsewhere and trying to find other places to invest in. Surely, no? What, what? Yeah, so David, first of all, that is a mindset of a scarcity that comes in. And I was going to just about to get into this idea of, uh, you know, the biggest problem facing huma humanity mm -hmm. is not any of the resources. It is the lack of dreamers, people who live in the mindset of a scarcity rather than the mindset of abundance. The fact is, when you give a choice you don't make a choice you take both in a sense it doesn't say that you go to the space or you solve the problem on earth you do both so think about you ask me what am i doing i am solving the problem of a potential extinction for humanity and then i am solving the problem of people living on the earth to make chronic illness simply a matter of choice so you talk about what do you do as an encore after you have done the moonshot you take another moonshot, and that moonshot is the solving the problem of healthcare. Because I am absolutely convinced the healthcare is not going to be solved by Obamacare, it's not <laughs> going to be solved by Trump care, and it's not going to be solved by the Putin care. It's <laughs> going to be solved by an entrepreneur who believes that things can completely be rethought and reimagined and change the way people think of healthcare. Why do we have to focus on? suppressing the symptoms when you have these chronic diseases why do we have to constantly look at after the fact after the engine has been damaged of the body to try to find a way to repair it mm -hmm. what if we can actually prevent the damage from happening by tuning our car and keep maintaining that body constantly all throughout our life. And there is no reason we can't solve every chronic disease. And I'm going to come back and how do you do that and how easy it is to do that is to be able to uh, in not only create a potential world where illness can truly be a matter of choice, not a matter of bad luck. And that is what the Wyom set out to do. And I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but here in a short few months, we have made more dent in healthcare than any, any other company has ever done. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about how do you go about doing that. Mm -hmm. So right. one second, so you're saying that illness could be a choice that you could choose? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and that is the beauty of the thing is that, you know, the whole community in the, you know, our healthcare system, to some extent, any system, like any other system, once it becomes large, it becomes an organism. And the, one of the property of the organism is the survival of the organism beca- becomes the biggest goal and the purpose goes out the window. So in our healthcare system, any point of time, are everyone in the system is trying to figure out how to keep the system alive, mm-hmm. not worrying about how do we serve the people who actually are suffering every single day. Mm-hmm. So our pharmaceutical companies have actually become the parasite on humanity. They want, they love chronic illness. Chronic illness to them means a subscription business. They mm-hmm. don't want to solve the chronic diseases. They want to simply suppress the symptom. So for example, in the last five years, Every single scientific research is clearly saying that every chronic disease, you can name these chronic disease whatever you want. Some people call them Parkinson's, Alzheimer, obesity, diabetes, depression, anxiety, autoimmune diseases, or even cancer. Hmm. All of them are caused by one simple thing, which is called chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation causes chronic diseases, and the chronic inflammation is caused by your imbalance of the microbiome in your gut. And you're going to say, what the hell is that microbiome Microbiome. thing you're talking about now? And I'm going to describe that, (laughs) what microbiome is. Most people are so proud of becoming human, and what I'm about to tell you is going to surprise everyone. In our human body, there are more foreign cells in our human body than actually the human cells. And when it comes to our, you know, people talk about our genes are our destiny. In fact, our human DNA only produces about 20,000 genes and the organisms in our gut produce 2 million genes. That means we are less than 1% human when it comes to our gene expression. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a second here. We are a walking, talking ecosystem. And, you know, if people don't quite understand what that means, I'm about to tell you a story about how humans were created. Okay. Would, you want, would you be interested in that? Yeah, I heard about the Adam and Eve story. Do you have a different version? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so this is how humans were created, David. Okay, so, Daniel. As you know, the, you know, these organisms, you know, whether it's a bacteria and viruses, they have been around on this planet for 4 billion years. Okay. And the humans only came about 200,000 years ago. So what is it that got the, us to create humans? So here is, I believe, what happened. Mm-hmm. So, some time ago, all the bacteria and viruses one day got together. And they said, we're sick and, sick and tired of living in this small space in Africa. We want to take over the world. <laughs> and they all looked at each other and they said, we have an idea. What's an idea? I think, what if we can create a thing that's going to walk around everywhere? And billions and billions of us can live inside it. All we have to do is keep this thing healthy. It's going to run around everywhere trying to feed us. We will tell him when we are hungry, it will go around and find the food for us. We'll tell him when it's food, when we are full, they'll stop eating. And that's how, and interesting thing is, the human is going to go everywhere. This thing is going to go everywhere in the world. It's going to poop everywhere. It's going to spread (laughs) us everywhere. And we're going to take over the world. And that's how they created humans. But as the humans were created... When did you hit your head? I mean, what... As the humans were created, they saw a flaw in the theory. So one of the young ones said, Master, Master, just like, you know, we humans today are afraid of artificial intelligence. And we always wonder... If we create this artificial intelligence, what if it becomes smarter than us? What will happen to the humans? Mm -hmm. And the bacteria and viruses had exactly the same thought. So one of the young ones said, Master, Master, I am worried that we just created this thing. What if it becomes smarter than us? What's going to happen to us? Master says, not to worry. How can we not worry? (laughs) Master said, think about that. In In this thing that we just created called humans, the human cell, one of our brother is right inside their cell. They call that mitochondria. It's just one of our brother. We talk to it all the time. And by the way, it is the one that supplies the energy to their cell. If they go out of control, we shut the energy down and they are done. Master, you are brilliant. The other young ones say, Master, you're forgetting the one big thing. What's that? They start to develop this thing they call brain. And what if that brain starts to become really intelligent? How are we going to control it? Master said, we got that under control already. How is that, Master? We live all in the gut. 
we created a direct connection. They call that vagus nerve. And we use the neurotransmitter back and forth to control everything in their brain. Interestingly, all of the stuff that makes them feel good, they call that serotonin. We're not going to let them produce that. All 90% of all the serotonin, we're going to produce them in the gut. We're going to control their behavior. We're going to interfere their gene expression. We're going to be able to control everything they are thinking. And guess what? Like a good leader, we're going to make them believe they are in control. They are the one who are making a decision. But we are the puppet master. We are pulling all the strings. So sit back, relax. And that's how the humans were created. Naveen, you are either a complete genius or a complete lunatic. And, and it could be both. So here's the part, David. <laughs> Unless someone tells you that you are crazy, you're not dreaming big enough. To me, the fact you think I'm a lunatic, that means I am doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. That means I'm solving a problem that most people believe is not solvable. Okay, let's... If you believe something is impossible, it becomes impossible for you, not for me. So the <clears> fact <throat> is, if let's you think it's a crazy your... idea... No, I got for, this to all myself. You know what? It doesn't matter. I don't care how humans were created. What I care about is you're talking about curing cancer. How do you plan on curing cancer? Yeah. So again, um, so what's really happens is that, uh, what, you know, in the last three months, there was a research published by Cleveland Clinic that shows that even the breast cancer is caused by the microbiome. So they took 1,600 breast cancer tissue and found the microbiome in that. In fact, in the last 60 days, there are at least two research that are published that even the cure for cancer, whether it is an immunotherapy like anti-PD-1 drugs, whether it works or it does not work actually depends on your gut microbiome. Whether the chemotherapy actually works or it kills you depends on your microbiome. Okay. So the, these, So every time you take a drug or every time you eat a food, it goes to your gut. And these microbiome can turn that drug into a toxin and kill you, or they can actually detoxify it and it becomes totally empty, or it can modify it and make it even more potent so that it actually does even better work than it was designed to do. So interesting thing is um, your gut microbiome modulates everything including the inflammation and every single chronic disease is really caused by the inflammation. So depression is a name we give to the set of symptoms that are chronic inflammation. Anxiety is a name we give to set of symptoms, obesity and diabetes. But all of these things underlying causes, the, uh, you know, chronic inflammation. And if we can solve chronic inflammation, the symptoms just disappear. How do you and solve it? So Dave, I'm going to give you some example because I know you're probably thinking, how is it possible? So we launched the company and now we have almost 10,000 people who have gone through the service. And mm -hmm. interesting thing is all we are doing is simply using the food and nutrients as a way for us to reduce the inflammation and balance your gut microbiome. Hmm. An interesting thing is our customers are telling us the symptoms, whether it is some people claim their acne is gone. Some people tell us that the depression is gone. Some One of the women, in fact, went on a Dr. Odd show and said she lost 71 pounds. And we didn't focus on losing weight. We focused on her inflammation and the leaky gut. And so what we do is once we fix the root cause, the symptoms start to disappear, even though we are not curing any symptoms. Interesting. So let me ask you a question. Now, I want to. Now you're speechless. No, I am speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless because I'm talking to somebody here who is, you know, clearly extremely smart. You've you've built some incredible companies in 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 technology, and you're talking about creating man, you know, living on the moon and and a bunch of you know. Uh, micro, whatever they're called, microbiome, uh, micro talking to each other and creating a human being. I, I guess it's just for me, it's like way, way over my head. Um, let's get a bit more sort of, I guess, in a way practical for a second here. Uh -huh. um, you know, ideas are cheap, right? Everybody has great ideas. Everybody had the idea for Uber, but then Uber came out, right? Everybody had the idea for Netflix and then Netflix came out. How do you take your ideas and execute on them? What do you do to execute on your ideas? So, I mean, again, as a part of being a successful entrepreneur, it is really about execution, 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 right? So in yeah. real estate, it's all about location. In entrepreneurship, it's all about execution. Ideas, as you mentioned, a dime a dozen. At least everybody has one idea like a belly button, right? <laughs> um, 
what I find very interesting is uh, to um, implement an idea, you need an amazingly uh, amazing team. And the thing that is different between you creating a team or having a friend, when you want, when you're looking for a friend, you want someone who is just like you. Mm-hmm. When you're looking for a team member, you want people who are very unlike you. That means you don't want people who are visionaries if you are the visionary guy. You want people who are going to be behind you. Uh, your job is to cut the tree if you're a visionary, and the guy behind you, the job is to keep building the road. And he got to trust you that you know where the road is headed. Mm. Right? And at the same time, your job is to keep moving forward and keep cutting the trees because you know where that re- road leads to. So everyone has a role in the company and you find these people that you may not even enjoy having a beer together, but you know as a team is going to move the uh, humanity forward. It is going to change the way the trajectory of how humanity is going to live in the future. So the first thing is when you have something that's really audacious, something that actually can make a dent in the universe, you start to attract the best and the brightest around the world. Mm. When you go out and tell someone, I'm going to build an iPhone app that's going to help you find a roommate, somebody will say, you know what, good luck, have some fun. When you go out and tell someone, I'm going to create a world where illness can be a matter of choice. Amazing things happen. You know, I have head of IBM Watson quit his job to come and join me. Dr. Massier, who is a PhD in microbiology, MD, working for human longevity with Craig Venter, who is a father of synthetic biology, and say, what's the point living long if people are going to be sick? I'm going to quit my job and fix this problem that you described because that's mm-hmm. a fixable problem. And you start to have, um, you know, Dr. Visovich, who was working at Los Alamos National Lab. And interestingly, they were working on a biodefense work clearly to identify what makes people sick. So they were trying to solve a very, you know, similar problem that if a bad actor were to get hold of something biological, how would they know what's making people sick? So they developed this technology that's able to look inside the people uh, body and find out what is there, how active are they, and what are they doing? And that is the technology we got exclusive license to because that allows us to see what's happening inside the human body and Mm. keep it actually healthy. Right. So the technology is really simple. We look at, uh, in, you know, with a swab of a stool, we are able to look every single organism, whether it is a bacteria, virus, yeast, fungi, mold, every strain of it. Then we look at how active they are and then we look at exactly what they are producing. Are they producing the nutrients that our body needs? Are they producing the toxins that's causing the inflammation? And then we go back to 2000 year old saying that Hippocrates said all disease start in the gut. And then he said, one man's food is another man's poison. That means there is no such thing as universal healthy diet. A diet that's good for you won't be good for me. And a diet that's good for me today won't be good for me three months from now. That means uh, everybody has to know what is going on inside their body and tune their body in the right way for a personalized food. And the last thing he said was, let food be thy medicine, let thy medicine be the food. And that's all we are doing. You don't need the synthetic drugs. The food can be the best medicine that you can ever have. That is something we do every day anyway. So why not make it count? That's incredible. So, But your first company that you started, you weren't looking to change the world, right? What was the first company you started? Also, first company I started actually was way ahead of its time. And so interestingly, my first company was Infospace. And that became the first company to ever build services for the smartphone. And anyone who is looking to find out how far ahead we were, in the year 2000, I did an interview with the Washington Post of a woman named Leslie Walker. An interview that was seven years before Steve Jobs announced smart iPhone. Whoa. And I said, one day we're going to have a phone. That is going to have your email, stock quotes, and weather. You'll be able to use your phone to make a payment instead of a credit card. And when you drive by the Starbucks, you're going to get a Starbucks coupon. (laughs) And the reporter says, not in our lifetime. (laughs) And I seven years later, I said, I hope you're still alive because it's happening. (laughs) Why didn't you start the iPhone then? Why didn't you take that idea and go with it? 
Oh, that idea that I started was a you know really great idea because we were building the services for uh, the smartphone that was going to be because we didn't know what that I know everybody was thinking in those days these used to be called Motorola StarTac phones so those are flip phones people were wondering how can you possibly have the two line phone and get your email and all the information mm. and while we have a Palm Pilot remember the Palm Pilot that yes. you know we used to get the email and you know yeah. calendar and you know contact. And they had pagers. Remember those pagers? I remember. Right? Yeah. For delivering the messages. And my thinking was, what if the Palm Pilot became the phone instead of phone becoming the Palm Pilot? And that was why I started developing the services mm. for a device that we knew somebody would create. I just didn't know who would be successful at that. That's so interesting. Right? So and you just keep me, you just keep asking what if, basically. That's your main if? thing. What if, yeah. what if, what if? Yeah. And really the beauty of the thing is to start dreaming and imagining. So thing that I always tell people is imagine a world that you want and then go out and create that world. Because if you can imagine it, you can do it, right? As you mentioned in the intro, this, you know, most people, even though your mother who loves you so much will tell you, son, you can go out and do anything. Sky is the limit. Mm-hmm. What she doesn't tell you is sky is nothing but a figment of your imagination. Sky doesn't exist. When you go from here to the moon, you don't call mom and say, mom, I just passed the sky. Naveen, if you yeah. lost all your money, if you, if you put all of your money today on a really bad investment and it just completely crashed and you lost yeah. everything, what would you do tomorrow morning? But that's exactly what I do today. So my point <laughs> is, if you want to know how that you want to get everything in your life, you start with that same question you just asked me. If you have everything in your life, you have a billion dollars, you have an amazing family, you have everything you want, what would you do? And if you do that today, you get everything that you want. So if I had nothing, this is what I would be doing to create the next billion dollars to get the amazing thing that I want. Everything I want starts with the same goal. What would I do if I had nothing? Thing, and if I wanted everything, what would I do? Wow. So you're saying you flipped that you flipped the question a little bit there. You're saying that for those of you listening, if you yeah. had a billion dollars, what would you do? And if the answer's different to what you're doing right yeah. now, then you're doing something wrong. You're wasting your life. So that's exactly. what you're saying. Right. And but, you know, other thing is to find something, just second part of the same thing is find something that you're willing to die for and then live for it. Right. What is it that you're willing to give your last drop of blood? And if you live for it, you're going to find a tremendous amount of satisfaction doing that. But Naveen, most and, people are too busy trying to pay the rent and put food on the table and take their vacation and put their kids in school. Like that's they're just too busy thinking about how they're going to pay for those bills. And my point is that is actually the you know the wrong mindset, and here's why: doing good and doing well are not mutually exclusive. If you want to do something, if you want to create a massive company, so if you want to create a ten billion dollar company, it is really really easy. Find right. something that's going to help a billion people, or solve a problem that is worth hundred billion dollars. So if you solve a massive Problem, you can create a massive company. So I am not suggesting that do something for the goodness of your heart. I'm saying do something that is a massive problem. The bigger the problem, bigger the opportunity. And that means you only can do good when you do well. And you can only do well when you do good. So that means do things that meaningful and create an amazingly profitable company with that. So solve a wow. big problem. Don't focus on creating an Alexa-enabled toilet. That is not the problem <laughs> humanity is facing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me. Do you, ever, do you ever feel guilty about being wealthy? Like, do you ever think, do you ever see people who are really poor on the streets and, you, and do you ever feel a little bit like, why am I so privileged? Why do I have, you know, you're driving your Ferrari, right? And you're driving by and you see this guy like literally just sleeping on the street. Do you feel that guilt? You know, to honesty, I don't feel that I am rich because that, that's not something I even think about. I always think of myself the same poor boy who grew up in India with no food to eat. I was that boy sleeping on the side. We didn't have a home. We didn't have a food to eat. Mm-hmm. So to me, none of this money has ever mattered to me because whether I have it or I don't have it, it is really not what defines me. I find my biggest accomplishments today are our children 
And mm. I really, if I go back and look at everything that I have done, I would say my biggest thing that I have done is uh, incredible three children. Um, and I wow. think anyone who's listening to it really should look at, uh, you know, my oldest, his uncle Jen, when he was 17, he started something called Kairos Society. That's K-A-I-R-O-S, Kairos Society. And not only he's able to help millions of people around the world with bringing them all together and helping them through mentorship, he in fact, he started a company, sold the company, and now working on the things to help entrepreneurs solve the real problem. Um, and our daughter graduated from Stanford, and she is Stanford STEM fellow, Stanford Mayfield fellow, and she cared about women empowerment. She's the youth ambassador for the United Nations, Whoa. and she built an AI, AI company to essentially get more women hired in the job. So she's using artificial intelligence to remove the gender gap. Jeez. And our youngest one is a junior at Stanford. So to me, it's not about just about leaving the better country for your children. It's about leaving the better children for your country. How did you give them the tools to, to do that? That's incredible. Yeah, and, you know, again, letting them know what makes you proud of them. So children live their life despite what they tell you to make you proud. And right. what we did is we always told our children that you never have to second guess do we love you. Our love for you is unconditional, but our approval is not. And you have to constantly earn our approval by doing things that we that matter to us. And on, you know, when they were growing up, we would tell them that, what matters to us really is you able to go out and improve more people's lives than I'm able to do. And that is what's going to make you more successful than I am. And that's exactly what they set out to do, right? Because they realize everything else can be earned and they're going to still be doing tremendously, uh, you know, financially, they'll still do tremendously well by solving these biggest problems. Do you ever wake up, Naveen, and just kind of want to roll over and go back to sleep? <laughs> I have, no, actually, honestly, I get up every single day at 4 a.m. and I what? jump out of the bed. And the reason I jump out of the bed is I feel I'm living, I'm so blessed. And that blessing is what gets me going that I am so blessed. There's so much to do. <clears throat> and even though I could argue that <clears throat> I'm not about to die anytime soon because there's no reason we shouldn't be living 400, 500 years or even 1,000 years because what? aging is just a disease. I mean, if we can solve cancer, we can solve aging. Aging is just a chronic disease that happens to us, and we will solve that problem. And we want people to stay healthy for as long as they want. And that is the goal we all should have. And we want to solve, as soon as I solve this problem, I want to fix the education problem. Because that is another moonshot. You know, education system is not broken. It's simply obsolete because it was designed to teach you skills and skills are fast becoming obsolete in the world of exponential mm -hmm. technologies. So yep. in the olden days, you could you know, learn a skill and use it for the rest of your life. In today's world, the skill becomes obsolete by the time you graduate. So you have to completely change the education system, learning to learn interdisciplinary rather than unidisciplinary, trying to collaborate together, trying to really focus on solving a problem rather than using the skills. And that is really going to be the new model of education. And once wow. you fix that, then you want to create abundance of food, abundance of a, abundance of clean water, abundance of food, and all of those things, abundance of energy, and all these things are doable because there is no reason for us not to have all of those things in so much abundance that they become air. That means it's free for everyone and no one fights over it. What if we can all sit in the same room and not fight over air just like we do today? What if the energy was the next air? What if the food was the next air? What if the water was the next air? What if mm -hmm. everything that we value becomes so much that we don't value it at all? which is like air and oxygen. Wow. How are you doing all of this, though? How do you have enough time in the day to just be involved in all of these projects? And each project is a lifetime. I mean, most people struggle with just their nine-to-five job and, and getting the kids to school and <laughs> just doing the regular things, you know. You're, you're like doing all of that. I mean, how? How is it humanly possible? Well, it is just that, first of all, it is, you know, creating an amazingly brilliant team around you. 
and you guide them and you essentially inspire them. My job as a leader is not to simply hire people who need a job. My job is to bring the best in them. My job is to let them know the cause matters. With or without me, this light must go on. And that's what I focus on. Most people who want to make money and they focus on making money and they never end up making money. And that's really the hard part. Making money is like having, uh, you know, having orgasm. If you focus <laughs> on it, you're never going to get it. You just need to enjoy the process. <laughs> oh, man, that is one of the best explanations I've heard. Oh, my goodness me. So how do you go about finding that team? You know, how do you find that, that those right, the right people, you know? So, uh, you- as I mentioned that, uh, you know, that you find these people because you're trying to solve the problem that matters to people. Sure, but if how you do you find them? And, how? Again, how is they, you know, they come to you and, you know, so fact is they know I'm working on this problem that could potentially make illness a matter of choice. How could someone in this field not wanting to be working on that? And here's the interesting thing. Mm, when I say I that first time. I had the head of the Watson Research quit his job to come join me. Dr. Masia joined me. Dr. Vucevic joined me. And then we got the, once you have these magnets, other people join because they say, oh my God, I got can't it. believe these people are working for you. So they come and join you. And then right. every venture capitalist want to give you money because so they your see mission, you have this amazing team. So Naveen, you're saying if your mission is big enough, then you're going to attract the right people. That's what's going to happen. It's, that's exactly what happens. Right. But we still need people to like, you know, start internet companies and, and plumbing, you know, companies and I don't know, like, you know, Look, graphic designers. Is, yes, we do need those people. I mean, we do need someone to clean the toilets and we do need janitors and we do need vacuum cleaners and we do need all right. of that stuff. Right. But the people who are who are blessed uh, in this world need to be able to go out and say, what is the moonshot they have that is, if successful, is going to help billion people around the world? What is their moonshot that will change the trajectory of how humanity is going to live? And everyone has to ask themselves, once they become successful, what is their significance? What are they going to do? And all the people who are blessed because they have brain, all the people who are blessed because they have financial resources, all the people who are trying to create financial resources, every one of us, if we can dream it, we can do it. Did man actually land on the moon? Absolutely. I mean, there's just, you know, this conspiracy conspiracy theorist drives me nuts because these are the same people who believe the earth is still flat. No, but come on. I, I saw a video the other day, Naveen, which showed all the issues with the footage and it's proof that, that there was no one that landed on the moon. There was, you know, shadows from different places and there was only one source of light and and there was certain the flag was waving and all this stuff. I mean, I, I can tell you that all the story, but that's nothing is going to please you. The fact is uh, the flag wasn't really waving. It was simply wrinkled because they had put it there. And since there is no uh, air, nothing there, they were in the rush. And they when they unfolded the stuff, wrinkles were still there. And as they planted the flag and took a picture, the wrinkles were there. It wasn't quite waving. I mean, mm-hmm. I have, you know, fact is I have talked to Neil Armstrong. I have talked to Buzz Aldrin. I mean, I can give you all the things, reasons why it actually happened. But people who believe in flat earth, there is nothing I can do about it. There are still people who believe the earth is the center of our solar system and everything revolves around it. And there is nothing I can do to prove it. Mm. Do you believe that there are aliens or, or other species on other planets? There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that we are not alone. And in fact, I would argue we are all aliens because I collect <laughs> I collect meteorites and I find that many of these meteorites of the type, what they call carbonaceous chondrites, they all have not only the water, they also have the amino acids that are actually required to form the life. So amino acids for the things are quite likely actually came from early impact of these uh, uh, asteroids and comets and mm-hmm. this is what started the life so we are all made of stardust and we are all aliens so there's just no doubt about it but coming back to it it's statistically impossible for us to believe they're not other people and in fact substantially more intelligent life that is out there and the reason they're not reaching out to us is because it's like we don't stop and talk to ants because they're <laughs> just not 
right? And they look at us the ants, right? And it's like, I mean, it's true. I mean, you're laughing, but think about it. The, you know, human intelligence or humans only evolved in the last 200,000. In the last 100 years, imagine how much we have changed. Imagine in some other planet where the life evolved a million years before we did. How far advanced they would be. They'll be looking at us and say, I can't believe they walk on two feet. They just simply don't de-atomize and appear somewhere else. They just don't simply beam themselves up. I mean, what kind of unintelligent <laughs> ants are these? <laughs> You're saying that you could actually end up learning how to fly or... or... What, you know... If man, if you look at the birds who can fly, I mean, nature has already created everything that we need, right? Even living on the moon, people talk about, aren't you worried about radiation? And I remind people that nature has figured it out. There are bacterial species that actually live in the radioactive nuclear waste. So not only the nature has figured out how to protect its DNA from the radiation, it has figured out how to use the radiation as a source of energy. So imagine if we can take the genetic material from these bacteria and use CRISPR technology in vivo to modify the human genes. Wouldn't that be now suddenly we become radiation resistant and now we don't need the food because we can use the radiation as a source of energy. So you'll be walking on the moon and the Mars and saying, honey, do you want to go out and get some radiation? <laughs> you are freaking kidding me. I mean, that, yeah, it, it's like everything. I, I, just when I think that you've you've crossed the line of of like, oh my goodness, you just cross another line, and I'm just thinking, what? what? Where do you get your inspiration from? Where? Who's like? If I was to ask you, who who is the most inspiring person? You know. But, you know, I mean, the people who inspire me are the people who are doing amazing things. And you lo you look at the stuff around you and you find the great people, whether it's Elon Musk, whether it's Richard Branson or Bill Gates or, you know, you pick a name, Jeff Bezos. I mean, people are doing amazing things. And to some extent, you always are in awe of what they can do. And I always look back and say, oh, my God, I can't, you know, why can't we all go out and find our own moonshots and do things? to solve these massive problems. And mm -hmm. the technology exists today. That's the beauty is that exponential technology is making it easier, cheaper for anyone to do that. Like our mission to the moon, everyone thought it's going to cost a billion dollars. And I was very optimistic that we could do it for under $100 million. Imagine what happened. Now we are ready to launch that mission and it's going to be under $10 million. So when I thought I was 10 times more optimistic, turned hmm. out I was 10 times more pessimistic. And that <laughs> is the power of exponential technologies because human brain cannot fathom when things are on exponential, exponential curve. Wow. What frustrates you the most right now? What are you frustrated about? Because you talk about what you're excited about and what frustrates you? The, what frustrates me most is, you know, not being able to do more than what I'm able to do, to be able to create more time. And the only way I'm able to create more time is by leveraging, by bringing more and more people around me and inspire them to do more things. And that's the only way I have been able to create more time. And if I could someday figure out a mechanism to just uh, have 48 hours in a day, I could probably do twice as much. <laughs> or, Oh or mind if not to sleep the four hours that I get, and maybe I can do four hours extra work. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. If if you were to like right now, if if you were speaking to the whole world, right? Imagine if, for example, right now my show was broadcasted to every single living human being on and the Daniel, planet. Are, are you kidding me? You mean it's not? It's oh, uh, oh. not not oh, yet. Oh my not, God! I'm we working make, on it. We got to change that. We have to change that. We have to change. We have to change that. If you can help me do that, Naveen, then that would be <laughs> awesome. But if you could, right? If if we could be speak, if you could be speaking to the entire race right now, what would you say? What would be your message to them? A really simple message: Dream so big that people think you are absolutely freaking crazy, and <laughs> never, be, never be afraid to fail because you only fail when you give up. Uh, human beings fail, and entrepreneurs pivot. Every idea that does not work is simply a stepping stone to a different idea and a better idea. So never give up, and there is absolutely nothing that you can't achieve. That's incredible. It's so powerful. Where did you? 
get that from though who gave that was it your parents that instilled that in you or who where did you get that from i mean you know it is really the ideas all you know in some sense the inspiration comes to me from obviously everyone who are you know who has been around me at some point of time in my life obviously my parents have been a great influence on who i am and you look at the people like dr peter diamandis so you look at the people you know er, you know people that i've been very fortunate to be around and all of those people have not only inspired me to be at my best my hope really is that every one of those 7 billion people who will be listening to your podcast one day <laughs> are going to be oh, inspired going to be inspired by listening to this and say i am going to quit what i am doing and i'm going to go do something so audacious that even my mother thinks that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that you want to hang out in other words your your practical advice here is you want to hang out with people who who believe in you who who share the same audacious goals because if you hang out with people who are constantly just being pessimistic it's going to rub off on you well actually you know you become an average of 5 to 10, ten people that you surround yourself with mm -hmm. so if you surround yourself with bunch of negative people who believe the everything around you that someone is out to get you guess what happens you become that person when you believe that somebody's out to get you mm -hmm. when you surround yourself with people that nothing has ever been done and going to the moon has always been a conspiracy you become one of them when you start to you know be surrounded yourself by people who says I can go out and make it happen whether it is building an electric car company or going to the, going to the Mars it doesn't matter whether it has been done or not I mean imagine when we land on the moon not only we become the first private company ever to do so we symbolically become the fourth superpower and that shows you an immigrant who came to this country with had no food to eat didn't speak the language not only can dream of going to the moon can actually make it happen so imagine what would you do who have all the resources at your disposal the technologies that never existed before the things you can go out and change the human body by simply modifying it you no longer have to re completely rely on the na natural evolution to have millions of year to change who you are you can make that change in a year or in a week or in a day or in an hour to become a completely different person we as human species can evolve so fast rather than having to make millions and billions of years to have the evolution take care of that. Wow. Well, Naveen, I want, uh, I want to definitely have you as one of my five to ten people I hang around because it's just insane how much optimism you have. It's contagious. Um, but, but Daniel, it's just the beginning. I mean, Im imagine a tiny bit of additional neocortex that we got uh, you know, uh, from animals, so, you know, chimps or monkeys made us so powerful. Imagine if you had unlimited amount of neocortex because your neocortex is now uh, plugged into the cloud and now you have access to this massive neocortex. Is there any problem that you can't solve? Hmm. Wow. Love it. And, and like, honestly, we could literally talk for, for days. I mean, it, it's like, it's, it's incredible how expansive your mind is and how expansive your world is. And if only more people had that kind of vision and that kind of expansion, the world would be an incredible place. So, like Daniel, um, you and I are going to make that happen. And let's take this message of inspiration and hope and let's see if we can get it out in front of at least a billion people, if not seven. So let's work together on making that happen. <laughs> You want to make this show uh, go out to a billion people. <laughs> Let's go do that. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, whoever's listening to this, um, if you can help us on that mission, that would be very cool. Um, and for those of them that want to reach out to Naveen, you know, how do they get a hold of you? How do they find you? Uh, you can find me on the social media, on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook, or you can also send me an email, naveen.jain at gmail.com. Incredible. And I've got to get your son on my show as well because he sounds like an incredible superpower. Oh, you can Google him. He, he's just an amazingly great, uh, great, great entrepreneur. Incredible. Okay, Naveen, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain. And thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.